What do I want? How's my mic? How does that sound? Good. You're sounding, you're sounding good on my end. Episode 308 here um, in a San Francisco Giants. You know what I think it is? You know why I think you're wearing that hat? I think that you realized that the Red Sox are going to be trash and that um, the Giants have a chance to make the playoffs. And you're like, this, this might be my transitioning into a West Coast baseball fan. I mean, it could be something like that. It works out because the Giants are National League. So, like, you know what I mean? I can always be like, oh, it's like, you know, unless they play in the World Series, like, it's really not a problem. Mm-hmm. But that A's hat's looking pretty good, too. So I might just I might just have to go full full Bay Area with the fitteds for, for now. I don't, I don't know if you could do A's. They're they're boycotting um, the, the team because um, they're not building a new stadium. And they're trying to. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't been here. It's not my problem. <laughs> Um, what a, what a, what a very weird eventful week we had. I mean, just in, I mean, away from hip hop and also just like in hip hop, like having that YSL shit go down and then I know low key dying, rest in peace to low key. Um, and then we have a Kendrick Lamar album to talk about. Um, and then also there's a shooting at a Buffalo, there's a racially motivated shooting at a Buffalo grocery store. Like was that last night or this morning? Like, it's, yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, so there's just so much, and then on top of that, you have Roe versus Wade and all this stuff and all this. Bro, these, and there was a there's a shooting in Q's last night outside of Lucy's. Yeah, like, and there was one outside of um the Bucks game the last time that um they played in yeah. Wisconsin. Um, what a weird crazy. week. I, I shout out to everybody who is hurting um in some sort of way because of all the either you're mentally tired because of all the news or i um you're actually directly have an impact or um i guess a the the news directly impacts you in whatever way it does like shout out to you because it's 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 been a really hard week but we do have a kendrick lamar album to talk about and i guess that this is the start of the show so welcome to the cat podcast episode 308 it was pointed out to me and i actually um saw it in um post-production when i was like editing and stuff like that that i called it the it's all opinion podcast so um that being said this week this is the cat podcast last week that was the cat podcast this is episode 308 welcome 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 thank you for the applause thank you for watching on youtube and listening on spotify apple podcast stitcher anchor and more hit the like buttons and subscribe to the channel. You don't have to do it now, but at some point, because we're talking Kendrick, there's going to be mad profound points that's going to be made. That's Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. Follow Old Milk on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and YouTube. And check out all the Old Milk content at oldmilk.co. We also have Old Milk merch coming coming out on uh, Friday, May 20th. So that's huge too. Round of applause for that. Um, and I think I got through everything. That being said, Taylor, how are you doing today? Can't complain. Weather's getting hot. Summer's right around the corner. You can, you can really start to feel it right now. I think every time, every year it's like halfway through May, you really start to feel it, but mm-hmm. it's really feeling like it, like, I don't know, even just like 
it's crazy to say, but even just how like it seems every summer now, the news gets insane and all the like, you know, most nuts shit starts happening. It like it just it feels like it's gonna be another one of those one of those years where every day you log on Twitter and the world's falling apart in a different way. Yeah. Can we can we get a break? Stop like it's like we we as Gen Zers or millennials even just don't get that type of uh layover time between not having to worry about if the world is gonna end or whatever like it was i I was making the joke earlier and um it was like 40 degrees or like 50 degrees some some type of cold shit in new york like two weeks ago and now it's about to be 79 next week and global warming is also a thing that we're not talking about because there's so much other shit happening right now but that being said this is a hip-hop podcast not a podcast for people who um need to catch up on the news that being said, we're going to catch you up on hip-hop. This year, we can talk through hip-hop as always. This is the Kendrick Lamar episode. Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, ultimately his TDE finale and his PG Lang debut at the same time. I don't really, I mean, I guess they kind of coincide, but I was, we were talking about this like last week. It does, double albums don't really matter as much in terms of um, streaming or anything like that. In fact, I didn't really know where, the first album started and where the last one ended like it doesn't show up on the phone you have to go to the computer to see that um in whatever way but um 18 tracks in total an hour and 13 minutes long i would assume and based on how it broke down on the computer each album is nine minutes is, is nine minutes nine tracks long so just putting that out there as well um featuring blast amanda reefer Sampha, taylor page Summer Walker, Ghostface Killer, uh, Kodak Black, Baby Keem, Sam Du, Tana Leone, and Beth Gibbons. Um, do you want to? How do you do? You want to start talking about the album itself, or do you want to talk about the controversy and put that to the side real quick? That's up to you. You're the host. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, there's a few controversy. There's a few. There's two um, points of controversy on this album. Uh, the first one is the use of Ken, of Kodak Black on the album, which um, people are saying it kind of platforms him and gives him a voice, and that that is a valid that's a valid critique. Um, I also think that on the other side, with the um, the general theme of the album being Black trauma, I think that in terms of understanding where Black trauma can come from in terms and understanding that the people who may be doing the harm are the most traumatized in certain aspects. Um, I think that what, I think that Kendrick was trying to use Kodak to further his point and use him as an example of, or just an, a symbolism of black trauma, which I think it makes sense, but at the same time, is it worth it? And I guess, based on all the criticism and the backlash that he's getting from that, I guess that ultimately it's not. Um, additionally, the use of the F word on Auntie Diaries, which um, he does it, not, not fuck the, the, the anti-gay, the anti-LGBTQ F word. Um, the use of that on that song was interesting as well. Probably shouldn't have done it. Um, he does kind of bring it full circle and compare it to a white person saying the N word and stuff like that, which I like, it's, it's a full circle thing, but ultimately I guess the use of the word could turn people off at the same way that the use of Kodak on the sound could turn some people off to it as well. So um, those are the controversies. 
But that being said, Taylor, what did you think about, well, first of all, what do you think about the controversies as a whole? And then what do you think about the album itself? I think it's interesting to look at because listening to other parts of Kendrick albums, had they come out in different times, I'm sure there would have been controversy about certain parts of those albums and released in 2022 right now where everything is an immediate social media post. Like we were 40 minutes into the album being out and I was already seeing like the controversies bubbling on, on Twitter. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting because to me, there, there are certain things that shouldn't be done and there's certain things that aren't necessarily given a pass, but, but art isn't supposed to have smooth edges all the time. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be rough. It's supposed to be art. It's supposed to come from someone. And I think that was the intention with, you know, the, the use of that word and the inclusion of Kodak throughout the album. I don't know. I, you and I have talked about it before. I, I disagree with like the whole, no matter how it plays into the themes of the album. And obviously with an album like this, it's, it's hard for me and people like me to, to really comment on certain aspects because it's not something that, you know, I didn't, I, I can't relate to certain parts of this album and that's, that's fine. It's not like albums aren't supposed to be, you know, universal. They're not supposed to be every, you know, one size fits all for everybody. So when it comes to how, you know, the use of, you know, him on three songs fits into certain themes, there isn't a lot of space for me to comment, but I, I think there's this, this feeling around specifically Kodak right now where he is, he is almost like the artist for, for rappers or, you know, other people to attach themselves to. Cause I've seen fashion designers. I've seen other, you know, other artists attach themselves to him as this way to be like, we don't care about not necessarily what he's done, but the feelings towards him or the backlash that's going to come from using him. And in that way, it feels a little bit, and I hate to make this generalization or comparison. It feels a little bit like Chappelle standing on stage and being like, railing against all the people who are gonna you know drag him or try to end his career because the jokes he makes so in a way it kind of feels like a like a fuck you to everyone who's going to complain about it but at the same time there's there's a reason why everyone's going to complain about it and it's a valid reason it's not it's not something to just overlook and be like oh and also like because of what Kodak has done and the reason the controversy follows him it's much harder to be like, all right, here's this person who's been through, you know, whatever and done this and done that. And be like, but, but we're still riding with him. It's like, I feel like there are other people who could have done the same thing that he didn't had the same effect if used in the same way. I agree. And I think that's where I, I understand why it was him because mm-hmm. it's, it is like, like he has, Kendrick has multiple lines where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm more Kodak black than this or, you know, whatever. And he, he does like, and I hate to have the cancel culture conversation because it is, it has been like beaten to death over the Mm -hmm. last two years or so, but he does have multiple lines where he's like, Oh, like, like fuck cancel culture, whatever. And it's like, all right, if that's the reason you're doing this, then I don't necessarily agree with using him on the album. If that's Mm -hmm. the only reason, because then it feels like it's like, first of all, commodifying this artist who I don't like, it doesn't need to be, I don't know. It's just like, doesn't need to be commodified. And there's other, other people that could have been used. And especially this like trend of 
standing next to abusers in a way to be like fuck cancel culture is very strange like Mm -hmm. it's easy to make the comparison between Kendrick and Ye in that sense but it's just like a weird a weird thing that all these not all these artists but multiple artists have done at this point where it's like oh yeah we're gonna stand with this person despite these charges against them but and I don't even know if that's the thought process I think that's yeah I I don't I don't I don't think that was the thought process I I because I think throughout in and Kendrick talks about it in some songs he talks about just a lack of accountability and how that could also be a form of like, like that, the idea of not being able to hold yourself accountable is a form of, is a trauma response within that. So I guess, I think that overall what Kendrick, Kendrick is trying to make a nuanced point. Um, I don't know, one, I don't know how willing people are to receive it in the first place. And I think that's something that should have been calculated beforehand. And two, if people aren't ready to receive that nuanced point through this music, is it worth is it worth the the attempt in the first place? Because I, the 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 main the main cons, the main point which I agree with that was the cause of the issue with Kodak being on the album is that Kodak hasn't been accountable for what he has done, and that is true. That is one thousand percent true. It's just a matter of is that not, would that also characterize as a trauma response and if the theme of this album is black trauma where is that where's the place for that conversation in the whole conversation of trauma in the first place right yeah i i don't know i think it's i think it's difficult to have certain conversations in the era that we're in Mm -hmm. where it is so black and white and if you don't and certain things certain topics don't deserve nuance certain topics are like and I would argue that this is one of those times that doesn't necessarily deserve nuance specifically in this case but I don't know I think I think that and obviously like Tyler the Creator got some backlash last year but the biggest song on his album of the year had Youngboy on it Mm -hmm. and people were blasting that people were loving that like it became a TikTok thing it became a you know like we I've heard so many people be like, oh, I love this album. I love the growth that Tyler Creator has made. I love from, you know, the the shit that he was saying on Goblin and and all on Wolf and stuff like that. And for <laughs> for people to champion his most recent work is like this is oh, this like all otherworldly, you know, revolutionary thing. And then he's on Twitter being like, Young Boy's a sweetheart. So it's like all of this stuff comes with other stuff. And but like that's what art is, and that mm-hmm. is how things break down and it's not always going to be perfect and Kendrick talks about that on savior mm-hmm. and whether or not I agree or disagree with how things are presented or who's included on what it's it has been a part of and people are going to be like oh it's a hip-hop thing no it's like an it's an art thing it's an art thing in in a lot of these people I also uh, not to cut you off, I also oh, you're good. have a tough time believing that if it wasn't a hip-hop, like if this wasn't a hip-hop album or we aren't talking about hip-hop artists, the same backlash is there. Like I feel like some of it is also just um, because hip-hop is under a microscope right now and everyone's trying to figure out or trying to say something is wrong with hip-hop. And there are valid um, there are valid things when what people say in terms of this is something that hip hop does that shouldn't be allowed and stuff like that. There are valid things in that, but it just seems like I just have a I just it just seems like there's a lack of consistency in terms of people 
like it, it seems like like people are having this energy for against Kodak Black and against Kendrick Lamar for having Kodak Black, but the question does need to be asked, would they have the same energy if it was their favorite artist doing shit? Like, um, for example, um, Lil Durk has Morgan Wallen on one of his songs. Right. Morgan Wallen is saying the N-word. That's not okay. I didn't really see the same the same issue with that. And Lil well, Durk, not to say that Lil Durk is on the level of Kendrick Lamar, but Lil Durk is continuously growing in his reach. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just looking for the consistency is all I'm saying. Well, it's, it's because it's Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, it, it's cause it's Kendrick. If Drake did it, it'd be the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, if Cole, like, you know, didn't, didn't Cole have him on the project last year? Or there was like um, some link somewhere, regardless, it, even Cole, and there's no offense to Jay Cole, cause he is obviously one of the, one of the greats of our generation, but, but he's not, it's it's Kendrick. Yeah, that's why this yeah. has happened. It's like, like everyone. There was like very limited promotion for this album, and mm-hmm. it's still the most excited. I've, part five. Right, it's yeah. still the most excitement I've seen for an album, and it helps that he took a five year. You know, there's a five year gap in there, or you know, a three year gap if you count like the the Black Panther soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like obviously there's more excitement, but it's because it's the first or second biggest rapper in the world yeah that's yeah. why this is like mm-hmm. it's and it that doesn't absolve him of criticism and like we can get into the music um yeah because like i don't necessarily have a lot of criticism of the music but i think like the music we, is we, i yeah, think, think the, the only thing you can good. like if you had to poke a hole in the album it's the controversy that we just the controversies that we just discussed but other than that if you're looking the the track list is pretty much bulletproof as far as I'm concerned in terms of how the mu- how the execution of the music is yeah. pretty much bulletproof. I think, I mean, where do you, where do you want to start what, since we're transitioning to the music now? Um, uh, I mean, there, we can, we can just go top to top yeah, to like, bottom, honestly, like it does not sound by song, but I think from the very beginning, the the intro track and here i'll bring the track list up just so united I, and i actually have like a lot of songs right now i, I have united oh perfect in, uh, yeah here, the, united yeah, you just yeah, yeah united and grief have, like yeah the the instrumental is real chaotic it's really fast and so the first time i listened to it i was like you it's kind of it's overwhelming a little bit but the more i listen to it and the more i can like and you know how this goes like you can like almost like flatten the instrumental in your head so you can really hear the words like it's a perfect intro to this album and it, it, is. It, it sets the tone for the rest of the project, which I think is really important. And you know how I feel about second tracks. I feel that N95 does a great job of the same thing. I love, I love the concept of N95. I think that um, it's, I like how he takes the idea of people being anti-maskers and kind of attaches that more in a societal sense in terms of everybody's wearing a mask, talking about like people with chains and talking about like the things that people buy to make themselves look or whatever, or be whoever they want to be, it's still a mask at the end of the day. And like, instead of like, it's not just a, okay, well, fuck COVID masks, take your mask off. Like, let's all be normal, whatever like that. It's more so like, we, we don't really need to, we can just be ourselves. We don't really need to make like buy things or be materialistic in a way where it, um, it masks who we really are or trying to fit in or whatever like that. So I kind of like that concept as well. I didn't really get that until the second listen, but 
I, I, I do like that the 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 subject matter there. Um, I think yeah. that is a good continuation of the first one where he's talking about how everybody um is grieving, like everyone has a different grieving process. Yeah, I think the second verse in N95 in terms of classic Kendrick that we've grown accustomed to, especially over the last decade, because I feel like Kendrick, even Drake was popping before we were necessarily old enough to really mm-hmm. like be there for the beginning of an artist and really see like their ascension. Like I vividly remember Good Kid Mad City coming out in the lead up to it. So it's like for someone that we've grown so accustomed to, you know, hearing the evolution and hearing when they kind of snap and go into that mode, like I've, I've been listening to Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lap a lot and on dedication, like hearing that like real like West Coast Kendrick. Like, I think the second verse in N95 is probably the closest thing we get to that on on either of the, the albums included on this project. So I like N95 for that reason, especially because it's right in the middle. There's three verses in that second one. It's like, all right, especially with how I feel about second tracks, like hearing that, I was like, OK we're here. Like, this is a Kendrick album. This isn't like a abstract art piece. This is a Kendrick album. So, um, moving, we, we do have father time where Kendrick talks about the concept of daddy issues in, in men, in terms of not feeling, not having that same emotional connection with their father because of patriarchy and, um, toxic masculinity and stuff, whatever you want to point to, it's, it's something that happens. Um, and and that's that's really the song that spurred my thought about the idea of a lack of accountability being a trauma response because he also says like daddy issues kept me competitive that's a fact nigga I don't give a fuck what the narrative I'm that nigga like that's him essentially saying like because of this I'm not accountable to myself because of either a, a lack of a father figure or a lack of a supportive father figure um right. Additionally, he goes on to say, when Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly confused. Guess I'm not as mature as I think. Got some healing to do. That's that. That's the next line after um, that. So I think all in all, that all comes together to kind of point out how there are different ways where there are different ways where um, the ways that trauma responses in men can appear is what yeah. I got from that song. Yeah. <clears throat> Specifically think, Black men. I think it starts to explore because on good kid mad city we got this look into kendrick's life growing up right like Mm -hmm. we really got a look into kendrick lamar as a teenager pretty much and really like with the exception of a couple tracks that were like you know the recipe or compton or stuff like that stuff with dre because that's so big and like but on that we really got a look like six seven years back in kendrick's life now we're getting a look back a lot of this stuff reminds me, and granted, there's a lot of stuff from his childhood, but this song kind of rem- starts for me where he starts looking back at that Good Kid Mad City era when he really became the superstar and started dissecting it. Because on Good Kid Mad City, like his dad is in a lot of the skits. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's like. Talking about dominoes and shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's like this like part of that. And, and we got this introduction to this figure at that point, And now. A literal decade later we're learning and it's stuff that you could have put together you know by yourself listening to those gifts or you just like you know knowing certain structures and how how certain things work but really like getting like the full story and like or at least Kendrick's like you know emotions on this thing I think this really is another another tone setter for like 
how he how he looks back obviously worldwide steppers he you know he talks about some of his you know his other you know things he had going on during the good kid mad city era but i think like i think this song really starts the the looking back process and after n95 felt like a, a commentary on a lot of current modern stuff this was like this was kind of like a all right this is gonna be a, a project that weaves in and out of time like it's not just going to it's like I think a lot of people expected him to be like just only talking about what's going on in the real world today and you know coming as this like all-knowing all brilliant presence and it's like no he unpacks like pretty much his whole life on this he's album. not he's not he's not our savior no exactly he, he, he shouldn't he shouldn't be yeah like he shouldn't be our um he shouldn't be um I mean, since I just referenced it, let's let's jump around a little. Um, track fourteen. First of all, track thirteen, save your interlude, baby Keem, amazing job as always. Yeah. I really, I'm really starting to love just his regular. I'm a rapper flow. Yeah, I'm really starting it. to enjoy that. Um, but the tracks, uh, save your itself. Um, track, uh, fourteen is dealing with the concept of celebrity, and I like how he uses the lines. Niggas tight-lipped, fuck, um, fuck who dare to be seen. Uh, oh, I didn't have to put commas here. Okay, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to work with me here. <laughs> um, niggas tight-lipped, tight-lipped, uh, fuck who dare to be different. Seen a Christian say the vaccine, the mark of the beast. Then he caught COVID and prayed to Pfizer for relief. Then I caught COVID and started to question Kyrie. Will I stay organic or hurt in his bed for two weeks? Damn. Yeah, like that's 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 a valid one. He also had some other ones talking about. Um, how I think he mentioned he mentioned future for sure as not being someone savior about um yeah future should go get you that money count yeah <laughs> who else there were two other artists that he referenced I can't I'm I'm blanking on he them said right he said future told me go get that money counter uh LeBron made us give him his flowers mm -hmm. but he is not your savior I can't remember the other two I know future and LeBron are the I think the yeah. last two mm -hmm. yeah so um the I think. He's dealing, there's a lot going on. There's a lot working with this album as we're talking about it. I'm still realizing things and I'm still digesting it. Um, yeah. Here he's talking about the celebrity culture and how celebrities are put on a pedestal and how people essentially, if you're that dedicated and you're that deep into it, um, worship celebrity. And he's kind of taking a hammer to that and saying that's not, something that should be done, which I think I agree with. I think that sometimes people go a little too far. Like, um, I don't know, like Lil Durk beefing with NBA young boy has nothing to do with you unless you actually know whoever, like right. there's no need to be like, okay, well, we don't play Lil Durk here because I fuck with NBA young boy. Like there's, there's no need to do that at all. Um, right. And I think that just that, that within itself, the idea of celebrity worship is a topic that we could probably go on for an hour about um, oh, trying yeah. to unpack. Even when you add in the athlete um, component, which are like celebrities as well, when you add into that and you talk about, because we love the NBA, we talk about NBA Twitter and how people stand and stuff like that. Um, I think that just going, just talking about the concepts on this album, I think that the goal of this album was to start conversations. And I think that it's clear that that's, the album got the job done in that aspect. Yeah, I think Savior, Savior is really interesting for, for two reasons. On 
on to pimp a butterfly and damn i feel like kendrick was so far in his own artistic world that we didn't necessarily because he he can get so deep in so many layers underneath what he's the the issues he's addressing even if you like understand it or you can like you know figure out what he's talking about he's normally got so many like cryptic layers on top of stuff Mm -hmm. this one he's literally like no future not your savior lebron who a lot of people talk about like all right he has no blemishes no whatever in the past two decades no he's not your savior either like it's a it's it's an interesting way for kendrick to reveal that he is very tapped into like what's going on in the world of world of celebrity in the world of you know athletes entertainment but also like how fans interact with that because it is it is strange i know we've talked about how when when certain people act like they like like know an entertainer's kids or like an athlete's kids and stuff like there's a level of being like all right if someone publicizes their kid and it can be like all right like it's a it's a cool thing to be like see these people parent their children but some people who act like they like and the the perfect example we talked about is like with like deuce tatum Mm -hmm. like jason tatum's kid where like celtics fans are like yo like like oh i got babysitted for him back in 18 it's like no you didn't no, you didn't like so i i think it's a whole i don't know it, it, it's all interesting um yeah but talking about that savior interlude i think baby keem did an amazing job on that and i feel like you can hear obviously keem's on the album a couple times even when he's not credited there's still mm-hmm. little like patches of his vocals i think you can tell like when they said they were bored and you know learning new languages and speaking to different languages on keem's album i think you can start to tell that because sometimes their flows are so like overlapped that you're like, all right, yeah, these two are definitely related. Like, it's like, it's like funny because Kendrick's like 34, Keem's like 20 or 21, but you can tell you're like, damn, these people have like a very similar artistic brain in the way that they come out. Maybe they're like learning it together, but I had like casual listener of kind of like hip hop music in general texting me be like, yo, I had to Google one Kendrick verse to make see if that was Keem or not. And I was like, all right, that, that's a you problem. But also, like, yeah, you can tell that they... We listen to real rap over here. We know. Yeah. We can tell the difference. Right. You can tell that, that you can tell still they're related. Tell, and, still can't tell the difference between uh, Push T and Malice, though. Uh, I'll, hey. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that. But <laughs> I think I think the the telling Keem's story more from Kendrick's perspective, because we've heard it a bunch of times from, from Keem's perspective on the album in interviews, and to hear Kendrick come from a place where he was like the superstar cousin because even before he was a superstar he was still on tde he was still known like the like he was known for from like 2008 2009 so it's like to hear it come from the perspective of of kendrick and talking about how he was seeing the keem situation because we know how keem's talked about it how there were issues and they weren't in contact and to hear kendrick address that from his point of view i think was really cool and i think it just adds into this element of this album obviously there's a lot of conversation about actual therapy on it but mm-hmm. this whole project feels like a a therapy session and it feels like the the album that kendrick made for himself mm-hmm. as opposed to making it for us yeah and i don't I mean I don't, us in like a fan sense yeah because obviously like I, he did make it for people but i going back and this is probably the last point before we get to uh favorite tracks um on the heart part five i believe he has a line where he talks about how where he's basically saying i understand that i'm gonna lose some of you with this album and him like that's basically like i think that this album has such a niche target demographic i think that the demographic that kendrick is targeting appreciates what he's doing but i can see how because kendrick is such a wide-ranging art like everybody essentially 
everybody, no matter what the background is, understands that Kendrick Lamar exists. Yeah. Knows a song, knows a Kendrick Lamar song, probably. And understand him being able to have the foresight, or I guess the predict the the ability to predict um that he may lose some people with this album and being able to say that or rap that on the heart part five, I think is really um. I think it just goes to your point about how tapped in Kendrick really is and how aware um, of the, 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 the world or society yeah. he is. Um, I think that's the reason why we're, a, he, we're able to essentially assume that he's going to give us some type of thought through social commentary in every single time he delivers. Um, right. But that being said, to kind of put a bow on it, um, what are your favorite tracks on... Um, what are your favorite tracks on this new Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers? So my favorite song, because summer's coming up and the instrumentals are so perfect for it, Die Hard mm-hmm. with Blast and Amanda Reefer is amazing. So Die Hard, Father Time, I really like Rich Spirit, um, Count Me Out's great, Savior Interlude, Savior, and then I think Mother I Sober is a really beautiful song. Um. I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite, so I'll just like list the songs that I think are worth to listen in the first place. Um, I'll say United in Grief. I mean, all the songs are, I mean, the whole album is worth it, but if I had to select right. five or however many, I'd probably say um, United in Grief, Father Time, We Cry Together. We didn't even get to that. That's a depiction of an argument between two people in a toxic relationship. I think it's pretty accurate just based on like what you hear um, walking up and down the streets in New York and seeing different people interact with each other. It's pretty accurate. It's a pretty accurate um, yeah. story. Just the way, and also the the artistry of having both sides rap towards each other is, I love yeah. it. Listen to that. Yo, Taylor <laughs> Taylor Page got Kendrick. Yeah. Ruined yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined him. Um, additionally, um, Savior, Auntie Diaries is definitely something that you should listen to. Uh, Mr. Morale. And also um, Mother I Sober. He also references a lot on this album about how he references a lot about the fact that um, about the unspoken, the the conversation that should be had and needs to be had more about um, Black uh, sexual abuse um, in general. Um, and in on the song, um, Mr. Morale, he talks about that a little bit more, talking about how some rappers may have been abused and that's why they are, the way that they are and stuff like that, which um, I think is also something that is great that he shined a light on, but um, great album, probably the album of the year. Um, definitely have to listen to it more and digest it more. It's not something that you can take your favorite songs and just not listen to the rest. Like it all fits together. Um, yeah, that being said, um, this has been the cat episode 308. That is Taylor McLeod, who is a, um, Boston Red Sox trader, uh, a, a Benedict Arnold. There, um, that's Benedict Yo, Arnold. There, there, it's A L and N L. Oh, oh that, that's that's the there, there's universal DH now. I don't think you can make that. I don't think you make that oh claim my anymore. God. <laughs> yeah, pitcher, the, the the Giants pitcher hits. No, oh, I nah. might as well be A L at this point. Right. <laughs> um, he's gonna he's gonna hopefully watch the Celtics win, but I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned about that. Cause game five nah. kind of scared me off. It did. It, that that scared me off. All right, know. all right. But the Bucks game four, like their Bucks did the same thing in other games. They yeah, you know, okay. They fell but apart. Like, that's true. But like 
I was I wasn't expect I, I expect it from them. I don't expect it from the Celtics. This this what? current you expect, Celtics. You expect you expect it from the world champs for the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean he's not the best player in the world, but he's, he's like he top is. five. I don't know. He's, all right, all right, top all right. five. He's I'm not, not letting you. Best. No, all he's your narratives are all your narratives <laughs> are at the playoffs. I don't. I mean, no. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just saying what I like from my best player in the world is the ability to score without committing an offensive foul. Is, you know, is, I can't. Would be I nice. can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just saying. Jimmy Butler stand. <laughs> I can't wait till out of nowhere. You're you like, mean Yo, another? I've been, I've, I've been with Jimmy Butler since Marquette. <laughs> <laughs> you mean another guy who could score without offensive offensively fouling him? Yeah. I mean, wow. Okay, Tatum. Tatum's not a one though, so I don't know no. what he's gonna do. If he, Tatum, me neither. You're right. You, I, he, yeah, you're right. To prove he isn't one, he's gonna have to put up like 63, 13, and 10 tonight and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, all right, all right maybe, maybe be, next year. I'm not gonna lie though, if Luka Doncic pulled this off, oh boy. Game seven against Phoenix. If he pulls that off, I'm I'm forever grateful. I know. That's that's I'm all I'm gonna say. For that one too. No, I'm me too. For that one um, too. but this has been the cap. Thank you for listening and watching. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and YouTube. Old Milk merch coming out on May 20th. It's Friday. Check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. And we will be back when hip hop tells us to be. Thank you for watching. Peace.